Hey everyone, welcome to episode one of a new series. It's called Lactoons Intolerant. I'm Josh, I'll be your host for the entirety of this series. This is kind of that spiritual successor I was talking about at the end of Ghiblithon and that finale, if you listen to it, uh, where every Monday and Friday I will be covering uh, either a season of an animated TV show that I adore or that I viscerally hate, and uh, maybe a movie on Fridays, or maybe I should switch movies to Mondays and uh, series to Fridays because then it can be Movie Monday and I can say Movie Monday. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to upload <laughs> a season of a TV show every Friday and uh, a review of a movie every Monday, but they're always going to be animated. Maybe they'll be anime. Maybe they'll be American. Maybe they'll be somewhere else, like, uh, I don't know, Celtic? I don't know. I like Celtic stuff. Every time I find more Celtic stuff, I enjoy it. Today, we're going to talk about what is currently my favorite thing, Infinity Train. If you are listening to this episode, you've already probably followed my Twitter, uh, which is in the bio, and it's not my Twitter. It's the it's the 98% milk Twitter. So uh, every show that we eventually load, every update will be on there. Or you've followed our Patreon. <laughs> That's also in the bio. Or the Instagram. But your homework that I assigned specifically on Twitter was to watch Infinity Train. And that is because... Uh, I feel like I'm doing everybody a disservice if I don't recommend them to watch Infinity Train, and if I don't pester them to watch Infinity Train. Watch Infinity Train. It's my favorite thing. I genuinely told somebody who was like, hmm, should I watch Infinity Train or Avatar? I told them <laughs> I told them to watch Infinity Train instead of Avatar, and you, you might disagree with that decision, but you probably haven't watched Infinity Train, <laughs> so I kind of got the foot up on you there. Okay. We're going to talk about season one of Infinity Train. Season one of Infinity Train today. Sorry, I'm just excited. Uh, I already recorded this episode once, but uh, my uh, hertz rate was uh, a little bit higher, so it made my voice sound lower, and it sounded like I was putting on a filter to make my voice sound deeper. So I've already had one very excited recording session, and I'm going right into another one, and. <laughs> My voice is kind of tired, so there's probably going to be voice cracks. Uh, I'm recording at a louder volume because I'm tired of people having to crank it all the way up in their cars if they want to even understand what we're saying. Um, it's just hard with our other recording setup to talk this loudly and this closely into the mics. So it's like a whole process. We're working on it. We're 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 a baby whittle. We're a baby whittle indie studio. We're we're figuring out how to edit audio to sound better and to be better quality and more in line with what you'd expect from a professional studio. Hopefully, you're just sticking around because you enjoy the content until we get good enough that we can draw people in with our our fuck uh quality quality. Yeah, that's that's that word I was looking for. Okay, Infinity Train. Brief history, made by Owen Dennis, who was a storyboard artist on Regular Show, another Cartoon Network show. Uh, it aired a pilot on November 1st of 2016, and then was picked up for a miniseries for that first season. Yeah, every season is 10 episodes, and they're about 10 minutes long. I think a couple branch into 11 minutes, but every season is that 10-episode formula. They're split into books. That first book aired on Cartoon Network in 2019 because uh, the pilot got such a positive reception, but it was kind of like that same thing with Adventure Time, where the pilot aired, and then like a while later, they were like, okay, we'll make this into a show, and everybody loved it, and it's like, why not just make it into a show earlier? But uh, they pick it up for season one, they do a season two, and then the HBO Max, they buy the rights to Cartoon Network shows after it had been canceled. So 
HBO Max wants a exclusive show that people have to buy their service to watch. And Cartoon Network is like, well, we weren't doing anything with Infinity Train. So they're like, okay, Owen Dennis, give us book three. And they do. And it's just as good as the first two seasons. And then uh, silence. Owen Dennis, it, uh, he thinks that it was HBO Max being concerned that the story and themes were too dark and unappealing to children. But that's hokey. Uh... <laughs> That's literally the stupidest fucking thing ever. Just because it's not bullshit like Fanboy and Chum Chum or Boss Baby doesn't mean that it's too mature for kids. It's just a quality, well-told story. Children can handle it. Children want good media. They will choose good media. The popularity of Avatar over fucking, again, like something like Fanboy and Chum Chum, it proves that thesis, right? That a quality product with heart and soul to it is always going to do better than a shitty cash grab that has nothing of merit to it, okay? So instead of Planet Sheen or canceling anything that isn't SpongeBob, why not make more good shit, support creators that care about what they're doing, and make quality shows? I'm sorry, rant over, but HBO Max, which you literally should pay for for just one month so you can watch every episode of Infinity Train and then not buy it again because I don't support streaming service models. The only one I ever actually use is HBO Max, and that is because I keep rewatching Infinity Train. So, <laughs> I mean, I also watched every Studio Ghibli movie on there because um, sometimes it was just easier than getting up and putting a disc in. So, I'll admit, that was me being lazy. But also, it's my roommate's HBO Max, so it's not like I'm even really paying for it. I'm just going to keep watching Infinity Train until I don't have access to it anymore, and then I'm going to cry. I, I actually uh, cry a lot during Infinity Train. Um, season one, I just finished my ninth rewatch of it in preparation for this episode because I've delayed the recording of this episode several times. And um, every time I've delayed it, I've been like, oh, well, I, I, I got to watch season one again. I got to make sure that uh, I, I know what's on the up and up and I have everything fresh in my mind. And uh, it's really just uh, an excuse to sit down for that uh, 100 minutes and watch every episode of season one of Infinity Train. And a couple of times that led to just watching the whole series and having a whole day where I just watch all of Infinity Train because, my God, this is my favorite thing right now. I've known about it for a month. I've seen the whole series about five times. And this was, I believe, my ninth rewatch of just season one specifically. So, God, I, I love it so much. <laughs> I know that I get very passionate about things and I describe them as my favorite, but... How I work with favorites is not like I have like one specific favorite thing, like movies. If I had to pick my favorite movie of all time, it would probably be School of Rock. But depending on the day that you ask me, my favorite movie is Princess Mononoke or Baby Driver or Jurassic Park. And it, it just kind of, it's what is my favorite thing right now like depending on my mood depending on my headspace depending on what's happened to me recently depending on how a recent rewatch hit me it's my favorite thing right now and that's all anything ever needs to be nothing ever has to be your permanent favorite thing changing and growing and discovering new things is an amazing thing and i can't wait to rediscover infinity train if i forget about it and it's been like two decades since i last watched it and i go back and i watch it and i get to experience all of this again because <laughs> I love Infinity Train. It is my favorite thing. And it's clearly several other people's favorite things, because after they renewed it for season three for HBO Max, they said, no more Infinity Train. And uh, Dennis, he was like, hey, 
can you guys uh, ask HBO Max to let me release the other five seasons of this show that I wanted to make? Because it was kind of planned out as a full story, and uh, all the best shows follow a strict story and then end, and they don't just keep going on and on forever until we hate the characters, and even just seeing it is taxing and painful. So uh, I'm thinking shows like Avatar, and I'm thinking shows like Breaking Bad, just high-quality products that have a planned beginning, middle, and end, and they do it flawlessly. And so far, for the four seasons we We've gotten infinity train is fucking flawless dennis asks the fans to take to social media and be like hey let him uh, let them watch infinity train i tried to do a play on let them eat cake but it doesn't really work if they're not eating anything because then it's just saying a completely different sentence and it that doesn't really work you can say it with conviction and maybe maybe somebody will get it but i feel like i really did have to explain this and i'm not just having random catawampus for no reason so they, they get season four, and HBO Max has the fucking audacity to be like, it's the final season of Infinity Train, it's the end of the story, when it's literally not. The majority of season four is setting up season five, because season five was a planned prequel for a character that you meet in season one, and she's one of the most important characters in the entire fucking series, and her arc is integral to every other character's arc, and <laughs> they have the balls to look us in the eye and say that Duet, which is the name of the last book, is the finale? When we know damn well it's only halfway through the fucking story? Fuck you, HBO Max. <laughs> please release Infinity Train Season 5, please. Or make it a movie. Dennis was talking about how maybe it could be a movie. Because it's an important story and we need to see it. HBO Max, please. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you by bullying you and calling you mean things. Just please let me watch more Infinity Train. But after the season four campaign worked, uh, they did another one for season five, and Owen Dennis came out on Twitter recently, and he was like, hmm, I feel like 80% confident they're going to let me do something with the story for season five. So maybe, maybe the fans really can keep bullying HBO Max into letting us see the rest of this story, because I really want to. We can talk more about that when we actually get to that point. I'm definitely going to rant about how stupid they would have been to never publish season four, because season four is... Uh, also beautiful yeah here here's 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 the thing every season of infinity train follows a different set of characters right and season one is uh, a great starter season it establishes a lot of what we need to know about the train it has some of the most memorable lovable characters and we get to meet them again and again throughout the train um it sets up the every protagonist is connected to something that happened in the season before so season two's protagonist you meet in season one season three's protagonists you meet in season two and uh season four is based on a character that you have seen throughout season one two and three so it's kind of, it's, it's like a whole thing, you know? It's like developing its, its own world, and it's all cohesive, and it all works together really well, and each season has a different theme, and each theme hits me super hard in a different way. This show makes me feel emotions. <laughs> it makes me feel things that I didn't know I, I really wanted and needed to feel. I, uh, in my Today rewatch of all of season one, I, I cried three times. Uh, once at the end, um, once in the middle, and once during another scene in the middle. Wait, wait, we're talking about season one today. I can I can talk about the moments that I cried. Okay, so I'm going to go through a brief plot rundown of season one of Infinity Train. Tulip is having a divorce. <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean that like 
Tulip is having a divorce. Tulip is a 12 or 13 year old girl. I'm not entirely sure on that number off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure 12 turning 13, but she is a game designer. And by game designer, I mean, she's coded one like 2D game, but hey, that's more than I've done. So she's a game designer. She eats onions like they're apples, and she's super excited to go to Oshkosh Game Design Camp. And uh, her parents just went through a pretty rough divorce where it doesn't really seem like there was a bad guy. It just seems like uh, a real-world situation that children can handle and need to be able to understand because not every divorce is, oh, she was a devilish bitch, or oh, he was an awful abuser. Sometimes two people just fall out of love, and it's okay to not torture yourself for the sake of a child because uh, having a child to fix a marriage and uh, sticking around in a marriage just for the child's sake isn't always the best option. Sometimes every person involved can benefit from people doing what makes them happiest, and sometimes what makes somebody happiest is splitting up. Not every two people need to be soulmates forever. Divorce is a pretty common thing, and, like, <laughs> it doesn't need to be demonized and villainized in everything. It always is. But as 12 to 13-year-old Tulip, divorce sucks. <laughs> Whether it's the best thing for everybody involved or not, going through that and having that big change happen can be terrible. I've seen friends go through this situation, and it's not something I've ever personally had to deal with, but I understand it, I think. And there's a lot of guilt and anger and emotions that you can't really put to blame on anyone if there isn't a villain what are you going to do if you have all these negative pent-up emotions and no one to point them at? You turn them in on yourself and you get reclused and sad and everybody suffers for it. So even though both of her parents still love her, sometimes things fall through the cracks and they're not able to get her to game design camp, which is like the big thing she was super excited for because it was her one escape she was planning for for this recent divorce scenario. She gets in a big fight with her mom when her mom has to break the news to her that she can't go. She ignores texts from her dad telling her that like he'll make it up to her as soon as he can, but both of them just have things that they have to do. His mom, I mean, sorry, her mom, thought that she would be able to take shifts at the hospital because uh, the dad was supposed to pick her up and bring her to the camp, but the dad had something come up and he wasn't able to pick her up, so neither can bring her. Both are too busy, but they're both still trying to do everything they can to care for her. Sometimes there really is just an unwinnable scenario. Sometimes a situation just can't be beat. So Tulip runs away. She tries to get to game design camp on her own in the middle of uh, Wisconsin. I believe that's the state Oshkosh is in. It was weird because Oshkosh just appeared in an episode of Loki. That's not a spoiler for Loki. It's just uh, a tie, like a, you know, those like date and place cards that appear in like every movie now. Uh, that it's one of those. It's like a certain date and then Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I think it's Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure it's Wisconsin. I don't know why I'd think it's Wisconsin if it wasn't. That's such a specific state. How often do you think about Wisconsin? I don't. Fuck Wisconsin. Eh, Wisconsin's alright. It's not fucking Nebraska. Nebraska's actually the worst state. If you are a listener and you're in Nebraska, stop. But she tries to walk 300 miles to her game design camp, and she encounters the Infinity Train. What is the Infinity Train, you might ask? Oh, just the coolest fucking concept ever. So, <laughs> alright, think about a train where every train car is its own contained pocket dimension, and each pocket dimension is just insanity with its own rules and its own theming and its own living, breathing creatures that all exist 
And the whole purpose of the train, as you find out at the end of the season, and this is honestly your last chance to jump off if you have not watched Infinity Train, because I'm about to get into some huge fucking spoilers. Everything about the train is made to help you self-reflect and grow as a person. It takes people that are in turmoil, and it helps them find ways to fix themselves. And not fully, because you can't really fully fix yourself. But it gives them tools to cope and learn and grow. And it's beautiful. And every character in this show is going through a very complicated emotional situation. And it is all portrayed beautifully. (laughs) And in such a relatable way that if you have a problem even slightly similar to any of theirs, you feel like your voice is heard. And it's so validating to know that other people feel this way. Self-reflection and self-growth are just two very important things and this show prioritizes that like the whole theme and the whole thesis of this show is hey sometimes there's some tough shit but like you gotta learn how to handle it and i love that i love that as a concept uh uncle iroh he be he be repping that and he's popular all over the place you see uncle iroh memes all the time but like this is an entire show about that concept and no one ever talks about it i literally didn't know about this until joe my roommate he and co-host of spoiled milk he was like hey josh have you seen infinity train and i was like nah and he's like you should watch it you'd probably like it and then a month later i was like yeah all right i'll watch infinity train and uh well here we are today (laughs) so (laughs) definitely struck a chord with me on the whole Uh, meditate and grow as a person uh, train something that ever since high school I've been trying to focus a lot more on just uh, becoming a fuller person for the sake of me living a happier life and being someone that I would like to be friends with rather than just fucking I don't know be sad and miserable all the time for the sake of others slight derailment there (laughs) get it (laughs) trains uh (laughs) tulip wakes up in the snow and she thinks oh i must have just passed out in the middle of this wisconsin winter while i was trying to walk 300 miles alone um which was a reasonable assumption but she didn't she didn't pass out in the snow she woke up in the snow and uh one one a robot ball with four little legs and uh two entirely different personalities being glad one and sad one wakes her up asking if she's his mom and they're already on the train (laughs) She opens a door, and she's like, what the fuck? This entire glacier I just woke up on is a train car. And one one is like, are you my mom? And he comes with her, and they're like, okay, let's go find your mom. So that's pretty much episode one. It's like, this is Tulip's problem. These are the troubles that she's facing. What is this train? And that is probably the best first episode for any show ever. <laughs> okay, that might be an overgeneralization. There are very many good first episodes, but I think in terms of setting up your concept and keeping viewers engaged, that is a really good way to draw people in and get it started. Um, when I tweeted out to do your homework, Luke Aggie, who I've mentioned multiple times throughout Ghibli-thon, good friend of mine, lifelong friend, uh, he was like, well, if you do the homework like I did, you're just going to end up watching the entire series, which is exactly what I planned on happening when I said, watch season one of Infinity Train. I knew it. You all fell for my trap. This was always the plan. Over the course of season one, Tulip's whole goal is to 
find out first what the number on her hand means. And what she finds out the number on her hand means is once it gets down to zero, she'll get an exit from the train and she'll just be teleported back home. But at first she thinks, oh, this is incredibly dangerous or, oh, it's like a score or a timer or like I need to help people like solve their problems. So it's like a checklist and I get to do this number of tasks. And she's trying to figure it out using like programming instead of looking inward towards herself and trying to solve it. Meanwhile, one uh, sorry, one one, he is trying to find out where he came from and why he can't remember a lot. And he is such great comedy relief. He, <laughs> his two personalities have such a great dichotomy, di- dichotomy, dichotomy. Why did I say dichotomy? Because it's funny. I get it. Dichotomy. It was a pun. I'm literally making puns without thinking about it and then getting confused about my own puns. This is insane. This is next level dad jokery right here. So, one one his two uh, sad one and glad one they play off each other so well and when the episode with the unfinished car i believe that's what it's called the unfinished car or is it called the turtle car i'm not sure episode name specifically but it's the car with all the turtles after they meet up with atticus um atticus being <laughs> the uniter of the cardigans and the pembrokes king of corginia and uh, by that i mean he is a corgi with a crown on his head and a high sense of grandeur and regality to him. <laughs> Atticus is the best character. I'm getting him tattooed on my body. I'm very excited. I'll post that on the Instagram once he's up there, but oh man, I love Atticus. He's such a good boy. He's he is in this series while one one is mostly the comedic relief and occasionally the link to the wider mystery of the train being a robot that seems to be wandering cart to cart instead of having its own specific starting cart because uh Atticus has Corginia, and Tulip is a passenger. Passengers come from outside the train, so everybody kind of has a place, and you know where they came from, and you know their origins, except for 1-1. He's kind of a mystery, and 1-1, he has a couple of different scenes where he (laughs) gets real weird all of a sudden, and he seems to know a lot more than he's letting on, and that builds up excellently to the finale of season one, and they build off it so much especially in season four. Oh, if you like one one season four gives you so much one one lore oh i love it i can't wait to get to that one to talk about a little bit more oh, big fan um but one one he's a great character atticus he is probably my favorite infinity train character i love him everything he says is iconic he is quotable in every single way even when he howls the tale of uh, mustard and stink tail the age-old tale of friendship persevering <laughs> it's an ancient corginian folk tale but sadly the stone that he's trying to howl it to because all right i need to explain a little more before any of what i'm saying makes sense there's one cart where everything is made out of crystals and uh since everything is made so you have to like have some form of self-growth to like progress through the train uh this train uh, this train car is a crystal dimension and there's a rock and you have to sing to the rock a song that means something to you something from your heart and then you can go to the next train so (laughs) Atticus he puts a paw on it and he howls the ballad of mustard and stink tail and uh the the stone does not recognize howling as a language which offends him greatly because it's a great story and a great tradition passed on by his people and it cannot be abridged in the form of being translated into a different language so he he just can't do it and sadly um 
Tulip has to sing a bunch of songs and eventually find one that means a lot to her. But we'll we'll talk more about Tulip. I wanna I wanna finish talking about Atticus first. Uh, Atticus he just has memorable lines and they play so much off of him being a dog. Like in the first episode where he's introduced, uh, he enlists Tulip's help to go fight a scary monster that's been messing with their water supply and. He's like, I'll warn you, <laughs> the lake is two feet deep. And she's like, that, that's not a problem. And he's like, I will also warn you, our people are very proud and do not like to be carried. And Tulip's like, well, well, why would that be a problem? But she has to carry him across and he's wriggling the whole time because he's a dog and he doesn't like being picked up. And every time they walk through a door, they have to hold the door open and be like, do you want to go outside? Do you want to go outside? Because he can't decide if he wants to go outside or not. And he, he gets stuck in this loop of, yes, I do want to go outside. No, no, no. And it's the best. It's so funny. Every single time it happens, every time Atticus talks, it's either heart wrenching and tear jerking. Or it's one of the funniest things you've ever heard. And I love him so much. But he joins them because, to him, this is a crusade. His people have been slighted by the steward, which is a face aboard a wriggling mass of sharp tentacles that shoot lasers. Uh, and it is grabbing orbs. And the train is made out of orbs. You kind of put that together in the beginning, but like... Like, the train has something to do with orbs, but as it goes on, you find out each orb pertains to one physical trait of each car, and it's all, like, programming, right? So each one is, like, an element or an asset, and if you remove the orb, things go wrong in the train. Like, if you remove the water orb, all of the water goes away. If you remove the gravity orb, the gravity gets weird. If you remove the, the corgi orb, all the corgis are gone, <laughs> which... <laughs> The Corgi Orb you don't find out about until the last one. But, like, there's also some form of nuance to it. So you, there's a gun, and you, you load the gun with orbs, and you shoot the orb with it. So you have a Corgi Orb, and everything you shoot with the Corgi Orb becomes what type of object it was, but Corgi-themed. So if it's a living creature, it becomes a Corgi. But if it was a bed, it is a corgi bed like a head frame a bed frame with with a with a mattress in it right so it's like the, the function or if you shoot a computer it's a computer a, a computer monitor that looks like a corgi so there's a trash can orb and removing the trash can orb gets rid of all the trash cans it it makes more sense when you're watching it like it's an interesting concept and it's easy to understand i'm probably not explaining it well but the orbs are great and the uh the steward is stealing them they're stealing the orbs and they tell tulip back to your seat passenger and that's like the first real threat we've seen on the train and it's something that seems to have to do with the conductor and the conductor is at the front of the train and they're in charge <laughs> the conductor is a big mystery i i'm not going to spoil it because i know there are some fucking people that aren't going to listen to me they're going to listen to this episode and they're not going to watch infinity train and they're going to regret it because every story plot is perfectly pulled off the pacing is great it's literally just sit down and watch it it takes the amount of time as watching a movie or you could watch all the lord of the rings movies or you could watch infinity train twice <laughs> like the whole series seasons one through four twice <laughs> well why not just do that one i mean lord of the rings is good don't don't take that as me sliding Lord of the Rings, but I'm saying minute for minute Infinity Train is dense with content and humor and emotional moments and and joy and I love it. So the main cast is uh, One One and Atticus 
and Tulip. And Tulip's journey is one of realizing that not everybody's problems are their fault. And sometimes you get put in situations where there isn't really a winning outcome. And the best thing that you can do is persevere and keep moving on. And if that ain't a message and a half to learn from helping people on a magical train adventure, then I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what is. It's such a great journey of watching her be incredibly self-reliant and thinking of every everything as binary, as good or bad, black and white, ones and zeros like her code. I think that's why they made her a programmer. It's not, it's not the subtlest of theming, but her entire arc is learning that there is nuance to things and that sometimes the people that care about you make bad things worth going through because you'll come out of it as a better person. And the ending of the season, this is big spoilers, is her communicating with Amelia, and I'm not going to, you know what, it won't really be spoilers, because you don't really know who Amelia is until episode 9, so Amelia is another passenger who lost her husband, and she is fucking things up on the train, because she got she got brought onto the train after she lost her husband, and she went to her university, and she was attempting to commit suicide. It's implied she was looking at the ceiling of the building and she was going to jump off and kill herself at the building where they met. So the train appears at the roof of the building and she gets on it. And this is what season five is supposed to be about. It's her prequel. It's Amelia's story is supposed to be season five. So very excited for that if they make it into a movie or a season five. But she's a very important character, and she kind of becomes the villain because what she's doing to try to bring back her her lost husband is directly impacting the other passengers on the train that are all going through their own emotional journeys and trying to learn from their mistakes. And Amelia is heartbreaking because instead of self-improving and getting her number lower so she could leave she decided that she was just broken and irreparable and not worth saving. So instead, she was going to save the person she cared about, and that would make it all okay. So <laughs> it's really sad and really dark, but the thing Tulip learns is that even though you're losing something very important to you, I think my, I think my cat's knocking over plates in there. I'm going to have to go stop her from that and come back. I'll be right back. Never mind, one of my roommates is just doing dishes. Uh, <laughs> so Tulip, at the end, has to confront Amelia and convince her that holding on to the past is just going to make that pain stay worse and fresh forever. If you don't try to grow and continue on with your life, then the trauma is just going to control you and be something awful that you never end up truly overcoming. You're just going to get lost in it and it's going to poison you. It's toxic. So, honestly, it's so beautiful, and I really wish people understood that children can understand these concepts, and that having a reassuring voice and something friendly and approachable talk to you like you can understand things is so important. The show isn't saying divorce and the loss of a loved one are easy or good things, it's saying they suck. And it's so hard to deal with them, but you're gonna have to. You have to accept the reality that you're dealt and move on towards making a better one for yourself. And that's 
<laughs> such an important concept. This book is called The Perennial Child, season one, book one. It's The Perennial Child. And that's because when Tulip was born, uh, she had a condition that almost killed her, but she bounced back. So her parents named her Tulip because she can bounce back from anything. That's the theme, and it's beautiful. Season one is amazing. And you know what? It might be my least favorite of the four seasons. The other ones all hit me even harder than this one, and oh, I'm so excited to keep talking about them. I just watch Infinity Train. Watch Infinity Train. Go on any social media you can. Use hashtag Infinity Train. Use hashtag Continue Infinity Train. Use hashtag Finish Infinity Train. Please help me get a season five. I need it. This is one of the best shows that I've ever seen. I love it, and it is my favorite thing right now. I usually talk about the music in these episodes. Uh, the music in this show heavily reminds me of Magic Sword, if you've ever listened to them. You might know them weirdly from the Thor Ragnarok trailer. They play In the Face of Evil, a symphonic version of it. But they're a really good synth band, and they're, they use music that doesn't have lyrics to tell really complex stories. And I think that that builds into this show nicely. And even though I did talk about a couple of pretty important things, there's a lot of things that I did not spoil at all. So even if you did listen to this episode, go watch Infinity Train. And uh, I only talked about three characters, four characters technically, but there's so many other characters. There's the cat. <laughs> the cat appears in every season. The cat ends up being one of the most important characters in the entire fucking series. But <laughs> the cat, everybody loves the cat. You don't even know her name in the first season, do you? I can't call her anything other than the cat. Uh, <laughs> there's Aloysius. He's the leader of the Turtles. There's uh, MT, Mirror Tulip. And Mirror Tulip is actually who season two is about. We'll talk about her next Friday. Um, there's there's just so much. I love it. It's harder to talk about a series in the same format that you talk about a movie in because... Um, Soundtracks aren't usually available for TV shows, so I can't like go through and pick specific songs to listen to. Uh, season one of Infinity Train soundtrack, like all the OST stuff, that is in there. And also Cameo, uh, Word Up by the band Cameo, uh, that's in there. That's a song that means a lot to Tulip for reasons I won't spoil. Um, that's a really good song that I actually found because of this show. I'd never heard it before, and it's been on repeat all the time. I've played it at least once a day. It's probably going to be on my Spotify wrapped at the end of this year because I've played it so many times. Uh, this season, this series just gets better and better, and every season has a different purpose and a different vibe to it, and I love it because it's all still so cohesive, and there's so much interesting lore to learn. It is such a journey, and I really hope that you guys take the rest of it with me. So join us next Friday. We'll talk about uh, more Infinity Train. We'll talk about book two which is called the cracked reflection because it's about mt which is mirror tulip tulip's reflection there's a there's an episode in season one where they go to a car where everything is chrome and shiny and they have to try to find a way to help tulip's reflection get out of the mirror <laughs> so like every episode has a high concept thing like that it's like rick and morty right? Rick and Morty does high concept episodes, but a lot of the time it's just stupid or it's just for a joke. I don't think, like I stopped watching Rick and Morty after season two because season three is when all the pickle Rick and like Szechuan sauce stuff started. And it's like, I, just, I didn't want to be associated with it. Maybe I'll do an episode on Rick and Morty at some point. Maybe I'll go season by season on that. I know season five is about to air, but I don't know. I feel like 
the community for this as I've dove more into it, just trying to get any ounce more of knowledge about Infinity Train. They've all been super nice and appreciative. Everybody that has found this series has clearly had some form of connection or related to it in a very profound way like I have. And I, I don't think anyone will ever regret watching Infinity Train. If you don't like season one, you'll love season two or season three or season four. I guarantee it. Before we get to next Friday, though, there will be an upload on Monday. I'm going to be reviewing The Mitchells vs. The Machines, which was a movie I had heard nothing about prior to release. And once I saw it recommended to me on Netflix, I thought, that looks bad. And then uh, <laughs> I watched it, and it wasn't. More on that later. Thank you for supporting the new show. I'm really excited to keep this one going. Uh, I really am excited. I just said excited. I keep saying excited. I am very excited. I'll just keep using the word excited until it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Excited, 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 excited. Did that work? Is it not a word anymore? I'm looking forward to talking about more shows that treat their viewer with respect and establish something unique and thoughtful and creative and hot damn. I'm excited to talk about more animated shit so I can hopefully convince anybody that's listening that animation isn't just for kids. Apparently, it's so not for kids that HBO Max doesn't want to fund it anymore. Oh, poor little baby HBO Max can't handle the concept of a divorce. Oh, little HBO Max wants kids to be sad forever instead of learning from their problems and growing as people. No one would ever want wholesome yet constructive media. I fucking hate corporations. This is what this is why I don't like ads. I'm not putting an ad in this first episode. I mean, I guess technically plugging the Patreon is an ad. So, I uh, <laughs> subscribe to our Patreon. I'd rather do that than have to dedicate minute-long segments to fucking chilling for companies I don't use. That series I just finished, Ghiblithon, the one with 24 episodes in it. I know I didn't put an ad in every episode, but uh, over the course of that, where we got what, like 600 views? I think 600 views total. Um, I made 48 cents from those ads that I guarantee annoyed everybody and were just awful on the ears. So I would much rather just be able to support it through the Patreon and not have to do ads. Um, if anybody wants to join the $1 tier, the $5 tier, that would be cool. Outside of that, I'm probably not going to... I'm going to plug it every episode, but I'm not going to spend too long talking about it. Uh, also, follow us on social media. All those bios will be in below. And I think that about wraps it up for season one of Infinity Train, episode one of Lactoons Intolerant, a name I thought of in the car and couldn't think of anything better for. I will see you Monday when we talk about Mitchells versus the Machines. I didn't come up with an outro. Uh, Goldman, make up for it.